0: Welcome to the China FlexPad Podcast.
1: Hello, my name is Thomas Newbert, and I'm working as the Vice President of Sales at Crop Machine Tools China. I'm also a member of the board of Crop China. I'm living here in China with my German wife, who also works in the same company as an engineer, which is a big plus because in this way, she also has a something to do and doesn't need to stay at home. Why did I go to China? What was my uh, reason to go here? First of all, I always like travel and other cultures, new experiences and challenges. So in the beginning of my career, I spent some years building up our sales in India. Then I worked as a key account manager for General Motors, which brought me to China the first time in 2012. Then later on, I was responsible for the international key account management team and I traveled to China at least six times a year. In 2018, I was offered the opportunity to work in China for a year on a special assignment. And finally, like it happens to almost everyone, I stayed here for a longer time and by now I've been here for three years. Finally, if I had another choice to go to the U.S. or some other country,
0: I would have picked China. Welcome, Thomas, to the China FlexPad podcast. It's really great to have you here on the show today because you are working in the machine building industry. As we know, Germany is also very strong in machine building and a large part of our listeners' is from Germany. That's why we thought this might be a great way to give the next generation advice on how to enter this industry and work in China as well. And also the latest news told us that China just overtook Germany as the largest exporter of machines. And we will talk about this a little bit later. Let's talk about your job first. How does your current work environment look like in China?
1: My current work environment looks like this. I would say that most of my Chinese colleagues that I work with speak English or even German. So on one hand, this is very convenient for communication. But on the other hand, it's also a great excuse for not having to learn the Chinese language. So when I arrived in China in 2019, I started to learn Chinese with different tools, different apps and some support of a teacher. But then by the lack of necessity, I stopped it and took it up only this year again. About foreigners in our company, we have a few. As you can imagine, being a German company, we have some expats or flexpats in some key positions and of course, experts in their field. For my daily business, I interact mostly with about three to four persons only. And I rarely have contact to the other foreigners within the company. One of the other major things, of course, working in sales is visiting customers. I would say I spend at least two to three days a week traveling. So most of the times this is done together with my team. We have a mix of international and local companies as customers. So visiting the international companies, sometimes I do it alone, sometimes with my team. But local companies, for sure, if you don't speak Chinese, you need a strong local team to support you. And it can be quite difficult to build up a relationship with a purely Chinese customer. In an English-speaking environment, however, it's much easier because most of the times the decision makers are also foreigners. And so it helps if you as a sales guy are also a foreigner. The biggest challenge for me in this environment is especially with local customers. If you don't speak their language and you cannot talk to them by yourself directly, you have to rely on all the other resources you have. That's your sales team, that's some dealers or partners you have or some other um, information. And then you have to try to make sense of it and base your decisions on that. My weekly tasks are not too much different from leading any other sales team in a different country. So we have weekly meetings, for aligning the activities of our team, planning the travel, discuss ongoing quotations and projects, and so on. Then there is, of course, uh, regular meetings with the headquarters and other plans we have worldwide. Another very important thing is to push forward strategic targets and internal projects. What I can only stress here is what's very important to me, and I think it's also very important for anyone who works in this kind of environment, is to take into consideration the local culture. What I learned in these three years is that it's very beneficial to have clear procedures and structures that the team can follow. So once the process is defined and your team is standing behind it, then in my experience, the people will follow it 100%. This is a big benefit for a clear execution But it's also sometimes a challenge if some flexibility is required uh, in some cases.
0: Now, Thomas, I know for a fact that you are an expat in a second tier city. If I'm not mistaken, Dalian is a second tier city in China. And most of the people we've had on the show so far are actually living and working in first-tier cities like Beijing or uh, Shanghai. So what can you tell us about life and work in Dalian?
1: Yes, uh, living in a second-tier city is probably much different than you would expect. There's actually a lot of things you can do and it's still a very good experience. I cannot really compare it to living in a tier-one city because I have never really lived there. Of course, I've been to Shanghai and Beijing many times and also know the environment there with all the Western restaurants. Um, Maybe you have all the menus in the restaurants in English language and such things you're you're used to. But in 2020, I think any second-level city is still maybe much more advanced as some European cities. So what does it mean? It means, especially here in Dalian, you can do anything. There is any kind of cultural activity possible. There is any kind of shopping possible. You have a lot of international restaurants. You just have to know where to go. Sometimes maybe it's a little bit more difficult because people may not speak English, um, but that's why you are in China. You, You cannot expect everyone to speak English. On the other hand, Dalian is a very beautiful city. It's a, city. it's a coastal city, and it means you have a very good air quality throughout the year. Then the climate is more or less like in Europe. So that's also a very nice thing. You don't have very hot summers. It goes maybe to 35 degrees, and the winters are comparable to Germany. Dalian is also a vacation city and has a lot of great beaches, mountains, and a lot of surrounding nature where you can go. And finally, as it's a smaller city than Shanghai or Beijing, you can reach any part of the city within one hour. So the travel time is definitely less. All in all, I would say living in a second tier city, I can recommend to anyone. And the only thing I could imagine Could be difficult is when you move from a first-level city to a second-level city. Other than that, there is nothing you cannot do here.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the industry you work in, the machine-building industry. What do you think? Where are the best opportunities for foreigners? Let's say, what cities, what job positions? Is it sales? Is it engineering? What do you think?
1: I would definitely say there are a lot of opportunities in any industry that is related to the automotive sector. I wouldn't say it's specifically limited to any city or any position. I met foreigners in basically any international automotive supplier or automotive OEM company. And I met foreigners as well in any cities, tier one cities, tier two cities, even tier three cities. It depends on where the, where the plants are located. In international environment, I would describe the key ingredients for getting a job as follows, independent of the position you are looking for. First, you should have an excellent network within your own company. Second, you should have an excellent knowledge in your field. And third, you should be an expert for some area or have management background and management experience. And in the best case, you have a combination of both meaning you have an expert background and some managing experience. In my experience, the typical task of an expat or flexpat is to bring the culture of the headquarters to the subsidiary in China and combine both cultural benefits. Another thing could be to bring new technologies or skills into local factories or subsidiaries. And the third thing, of course, if a new plant or new factory or new company is built up, oftentimes uh, international company want to do it in the same way as in other countries in China, and so they send flexpets to you. In the machine tool business, I would say that roles in sales for expats or flexpats are naturally less common because you need the Chinese language and to know the cultural skills very well to interact with the local customers. In Grobe, we follow a kind of a dual leadership principle. That means I have a counterpart uh, in the company which works on the same level, and he's Chinese, I'm German, so we can combine the benefits of both cultures for this company. I have seen this model also in other international companies, in some American companies where they have in key positions, always two people, one American, one Chinese, or whatever other foreigner, to combine the advantages. Finally, I would say, especially in the machine tool business, skilled engineers and technicians and experts in their field have the best chances to find a job here.
0: Thomas, what was new for you when you came to China first? Can you tell us a little bit about the good things and the not-so-good things that you experienced?
1: Yes, that takes me
0: way back, to be
1: precise, about seven to eight years, uh, when I came the first time to China. So my first impression was really that everything is bigger, everything is big, and especially another thing stuck to me, which was the Chinese speed. So whenever I was on a business travel and came back a month later, there was a new business, there was a new building, there was new, new roads and this Chinese speed is something I also experienced with our customers. So normally in a European American environment, you have a lot of time to work on a quotation or on a project, but in China, the customer will send you an, a question on one day and they expect an answer on the next day, which is quite difficult for a German company to get used to because Germans tend to be perfectionists and try to get everything a hundred percent. But this is not always what the Chinese customers want. Normally they just want to get into some kind of discussion. And even in many cases, I realized that the customers themselves may not even have a very clear idea about the project in the beginning they just want to start a discussion and develop something together with the supplier another thing that's really important and was also a big difference to how business is done in germany is the kind of relationship or Guangxi you need to build up before you can do any business with a with a customer so there were many times when i visited a customer together with my team And I thought in the beginning that the meeting was a complete waste of time. So we didn't do any presentation. We didn't talk about the project. We just talked about general things, drank some tea and had some dinner in the evening. But finally, those meetings turned out to be uh, our future customers. It's just a different approach. And it's more important to build up the relationship first and then talk about the project later. Outside of the business world, I would say China is ahead of Germany or Europe in many regards. So for one, there's the digital environment. So that was really great change when I came here. I don't use any physical money anymore. I only pay with chat or Alipay. You can get a taxi anywhere with Didi. You can order anything with the phone. Then uh, another surprise was that China is really a very safe country, so there are cameras everywhere, but I think they really contribute to the safety. So even as a woman, my wife, she can go out in the evening somewhere. She never feels uh, unsecure anywhere. And then there is the, I would call it, genuine kindness and openness of the people. So especially towards foreigners, I have never experienced any situation where I was not welcome and Uh, greeted friendly, and the Chinese people are always open to something new. So then let's talk about the things that are a little bit tougher to get used to or that take some time. It's actually the whole Chinese culture is very different from ours, which is obvious. And even if you think you know how things are done, you're always surprised that there is something else you could do better or different or need to understand completely. And another thing would be driving. So I'm driving myself and in the beginning it was really something else than than in Germany. Maybe it's because of, in a second tier city there are not too many rules, but it's kind of, I would call it creative driving. And lastly, again, maybe a thing in the second tier cities, there's fireworks. So, but not only on Chinese New Year, it seems there is an occasion for fireworks anytime, any time of the day. And sometimes it can be really tough to get used to it.
0: Thomas, those are some really fantastic insights in your daily life. Now, if other people want to experience this and enter China, how can these foreign professionals prepare for a job like you have? What kind of hard skills should they train? What kind of soft skills should they develop? So definitely,
1: I think it can be boiled down to to a couple of points. I think the first and most important point as a soft skill is to be open to new things and new ways of doing things. You you should not assume that your way is the right way and the best way. Always be open for, for new things. Only... Because things work in your home country, it doesn't necessarily mean it has to work here. Then the second thing, kind of obvious, respect the Chinese culture and work along with it. Then I can only say you need a lot of patience. And on the other hand, for the hard skills, I would say it helps that you bring in your special knowledge. You don't have to try to be a Chinese. Stay a German or whatever nationality you are. So what is it that we are good in? Normally a strong organizational talent and structural talents. This is what really helps and brings a benefit to the local organization. And lastly, your expert knowledge is also something that's needed in a certain area.
0: Thomas. China just overtook Germany as the largest exporter of machines. How do you see the future of machine builders in Germany and in China? And where will Flexpads fit in? So I completely agree with you that the Chinese
1: machine industry and especially the machine tool industry is growing very quickly and also advancing in technology. However. I think at the moment, and especially in the high tech sector, the German and also the Japanese machine tool manufacturers still have some technical advantages compared to the local suppliers. But the local suppliers, they gain ground very quickly. So it's very important to be innovative. I believe that there are three critical steps to stay successful, not only in China, but also in other Asian markets as a German machine tool builder. So the first thing is localization of production and sourcing. So for production, it's obvious you need a local plant and you need to build the products locally. Then the sourcing of components. This is a very big challenge because the supplier base in this business does not have the same quality than in Europe. So this needs to be built up. You need to find a good supplier and build them up to be a very good or even excellent supplier. Here, I believe that the machine tool industry can learn from the automotive OEMs, which perfected this localization approach in the last decade. And many of the international car makers, they have localization grades of 97% or above. The second point is localized products. So when I talked about localization, it just means you build any product here in China, but localized products means that you develop products for this market and those products need to meet the cost structures that is required to be successful in this market. And this I think can only be achieved by number one, what we talked before, production and sourcing, but also by localized design or concepts. So it means Germans normally tend to over-engineer things. So we need to go a step back and really ask ourselves, what is the absolute essential minimum to do a a task with the required quality? So the Chinese customers, they will not cut back on quality, but they will still uh, require a price that is competitive. And finally, You need a localized experienced staff for the production and, of course, a world-class sales team to sell those products. I'm sure that with those ingredients, any high-tech company or high-price overseas companies can be successful in China and also in other cost-sensitive markets if they follow this kind of approach.
0: This is some really great advice, Thomas. Thank you very much for this. And last but not least, do you have any final advice for the next generation of expats and flexpats?
1: Okay, if I had to limit it to five items, I would say number one is learn Chinese from the first day because anyone I know or better everyone I know who went to China extended their contract. For myself, I uh, thought in the beginning, I will stay here for one year, now it's three years, maybe it will be five years or 10 years. But if you go here with a one year contract, you will probably think "Hmm, maybe for one year, I don't have to start learning Chinese. But very clearly learn Chinese from the first day, it will help you. Number two is try to live outside of the so-called expat bubble. It may be, difficult but it's possible. For example, try not to try to find an apartment or somewhere to stay not inside a big expat community. It's nice in the beginning, but if you stay outside, you also get to know the culture and local people. Number 3 is don't assume that your way and your way of doing things is the right way and the only way. Respect both cultures and try to combine the benefits of both cultures for your business. Number four, it's also a comment regarding the time you will be staying here. So I wouldn't bring any stuff with me for moving. You can get everything here and most apartments are already with furniture. So we made this mistake in the beginning, but that's something I can just give as a tip. And finally, This is more uh, personal advice or something I would wish um, to be more known in the world. So get some real experiences and some real stories to your friends and family at home. The picture of China, what you see in the Western media is not at all what China is like. There are so many great people and opportunities in China. And this is a reason why I think it's for everyone a really great time to come to China now.
0: All right, Thomas, thank you so much for giving us this really broad overview of your life and your work in China. Thank you so much, goodbye and zaijian. Thank you, bye-bye,
1: zaijian. Thank you for being part of China FlexPod community. Visit our website at chinaflexpot.com and follow us on LinkedIn. Goodbye and you